1: hey all chiners welcome to the 301st episode of the always cheating podcast my name is josh i'm here with brandon brandon how are
2: you Trick or treat, I guess, is the opening salvo here, Josh. We're recording on Halloween night. Uh, it's, it's, if you thought people were buzzing after the uh, you know, Manchester United victory over Spurs, people are really buzzing at the block party. Uh, like, there's a block <laughs> party outside of my apartment, a block, a block party outside of your apartment. Yeah, But there is reason to celebrate and have a block party of our own at Always Cheating because, yes, we have a guest this week. You want to introduce our guest, Josh?
1: Yeah, uh, this is a, I said, when we did the Patreon pod, I said fan favorite, and I, I think that is true. Uh, Eric Freeman, welcome back to the pod. Hey guys, good to be here. How are you doing? Eric, I mean, I you know, I want to, um, you're having a great season, and I want to talk about that a little bit more in the the main section, uh, because, um, you know, I think there's, there's some like some meat on that bone, uh, some things we can talk about. But the one thing I really, I want to hit right now. So many people were first, first met you, if not through our podcast then through Twitter, where you, you know, for a long time, you sort of, you evolved from, from the king of the gifts to, you know, uh, at one point you were, you were, you know, writing, you know, free posts for, for, you know, for the hub and, and, you know, and creating content and things like that. And then, uh, you, um, decide, you know what, I'm done. I need a break, whatever. Uh, you, you drop away, you leave, you leave FPL, Twitter, Two weeks later, you cracked the top 10K. I think I think for the first time ever for you. Yeah, so first time ever. Do you draw a direct line between quitting Twitter and cracking the top 10K? Oh,
3: I don't know. I, am, I was doing. I want to give myself a little credit. I, I was doing Go good before that. Uh huh. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. I was creeping yeah, up yeah. there. But uh, yeah, maybe I just needed to pull the plug just to yeah, finally. you've gone from like 4 million to top 10K, yeah. we'd all have to
1: quit Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: but yeah, no, it, it quit Twitter, uh, cracked the top 10K for the first time ever. Um, and uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good feeling. I, to be honest, I've never even come close to this. So it's, it's uh, still trying to process it all. Uh, I, I got so used to being the, the joke uh, of FPL world and and enjoying that uh, Joker role and uh, and now I'm <laughs> supposedly good I don't I don't know I mean it's still game week I ten know. so maybe I've got a lot it, of time it, to screw this up making the leap you know like a like a
1: sophomore you know, college basketball player to junior year, you know, suddenly it's like the, the game slows down for you, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, a, I don't know, but I, I am curious. I mean, do you think that, um, do you feel like you're actually taking in less inputs? Cause I, I, I have a sort of theory that, um, that the more fantasy content people absorb, the more it actually starts to really hurt their game because, um, there's a tendency once you start taking all these viewpoints in to sort of, Regress to like the consensus opinion and everything, you know, and mm-hmm. sort of it's hard to kind of be a little different. I know that was never exactly your problem, but I, I just wonder if having fewer, um, fewer inputs has actually uh, maybe made it easier for you to play or, or simplified the process for you. Yeah,
3: yeah, I think it has uh, partly because I think when you when you're really ingrained in those uh, FPL communities, whether it's Twitter or somewhere else, and you're constantly taking in all that information, um, all the people you're reading. They want to feel original, and so they're not going to tell you the most obvious thing. That's probably true, right? They're going to look for the the overlooked stat or the overlooked player or the overlooked playing a game or whatever it is because they want to show you that um, they're original, that they're seeing something that you're not. Um, and so that if it works out, they can point back and like, say, look how awesome I am. I I mean, I've done that too. So it's, there's no shame in that. It's just how we all operate. But yeah, so I feel like I've felt less tempted to get sucked down, um, all these paths that aren't really, don't have very high odds of succeeding. Um, I'm really just dealing with surface level stats. If I look at stats at all, um, I'm watching the games I want to watch, Uh, And picking the guys that look the best and just trying to make the most obvious decision. Uh, Honestly, it's a really busy season in my life right now and I just don't have a whole lot of time to put into it anymore. And so Mm -hmm. I'm just waiting until like an hour before deadline most weeks to make my transfer decision and set up my lineup. So uh, I think I'm lucky, uh, but maybe I, I don't know.
1: I mean, you got to yeah. be, I mean, it takes a little luck to to be doing that well this early, but I mean, that's, that's true of anybody, you know, I mean, every single manager in the top 10K or 20K right now, I mean, I think that mm-hmm. you have to, you know, I mean, I, I got two goals from Reese James this week, right? I mean, that's like a, like, it's yeah, yeah, not skill, you know, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, maybe it's, there's an element of skill in bringing in a high upside player, but clearly, you know, that kind of return is just, it's just luck. And there, there's, you know, I think that's, that's fine. I mean, that's part of what makes the game fun. Um, is that you can get super lucky and have like kind of fluky, crazy good things happen um, for you. I mean, it's part of why we all keep coming back because like you want to, you know, be doing fantasy that week when, um, you know, just somebody does, you know, I mean, that's why we still talk about the Aguero five goal return against Newcastle, right? That's like, eight years old or something like that. But it was such an incredibly memorable moment for yeah. so many of us that we still talk about. Brendan, I have been talking so much. I will give <laughs> you now a chance to ask Eric a question. If oh, you
2: want. well, yeah, I, I totally agree that luck is is a lot, the residue of design, that old cliche. And, and and you you have to give yourself some credit there. I thought what you said, Eric, was really interesting about how everyone in the online FPL community is, is searching for a way to be unique and original. Therefore you have to say something different. And in a game like FPL, there may be, uh, in, in reality, only two or three different ways you can go with an FPL team if you want to finish highly. And that's what I think I always loved about your personality on Twitter. Eric was you, you saw the fun in the Maverick pick. You saw <laughs> the fun in just doing something different, mostly because you, um, you you weren't focused on achieving a high overall rank. So what I'm curious to see, you know, I don't think you can answer this question this week. But as we get to the end of the season, how drawn in are you going to be into the idea of chasing that higher overall rank? I'm um, like, it, it's very alluring now that you've seen it. Like you've you've you now feel how it feels to be high up there. Like
3: are you, <laughs> you going to be seduced, Eric? I don't know. I mean, I was thinking about this before the pod, because uh, I figured somebody would ask me something like that. I mean, my goal was to crack the top 100K for the first time this season. Um, and I think that I'm just, I'm not going to change that goal. A lot of people, you know, when, when they talk some at any point in the season, they say, what's your rank now? And what do you hope to be by the end of this season? Or what's your new goal that you're setting now that you're halfway in? And it's like, no, I'm just going to keep the same goal. Because if I crack that, I mean it's by far the best I've ever done, and I'm still going to be happy with it. Um, and so, yeah, it, you know, just because I crack the top 10K, I'm not going to try to win the whole thing. <laughs> I know that's not possible. So, uh, I'm trying to just keep it realistic, and and that way I don't I, I don't feel any pressure to do well right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. With now that, I feel I, like I we're. Just,
1: now I feel like we're like interviewing a basketball player. Like I'm just going to take it one game week at a time. <laughs> <laughs> just put one. Just put one transfer in front of the other. <laughs>
2: well, I, I think I, I think we'll learn more about Eric's process as we go through this week's pod because yeah, Eric, we're going to get lots of your feedback on questions from our listeners, and as we look ahead to game week 11 and review uh, what's gone on so far in game week 10. But before we get to that, Josh, I think we just have to acknowledge. Now, we spent all of last week's episode acknowledging 300 episodes of Always Cheating. Now, in episode 301, we have to acknowledge the incredible um, outpouring of feedback that we got. You know, we put out the call, post a picture of yourself wherever it is you listen to Always Cheating, use mm-hmm. the hashtag Hail Cheaters. And we got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people Tweeting at us, emailing us, patrons on our Slack posting images, and yeah. um, I mean, this is this is us just gazing at our navel, Josh. But it was so heartwarming to see our listeners in action. I mean, you you have yeah. to agree, right?
1: I, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, yeah, it was it was amazing. I mean, it really, it really was very cool, and it was actually um, it was really an, an antidote to um, um, you know just that kind of you know, just, you know, every season sort of, the you know, as you sort of move into the season, um, some of the fun starts to stop, right? People get a little more anxious and silly fights break out among mm-hmm. people and stuff like that. And it was just really nice to see, um, um all these just, friendly people, especially people who I, I did not realize because I am a, a, I've been in New York for so long now. It had not occurred to me that most, most people listen to the podcast, listen in their car. Like that was the prompt was like, share a photo wherever you are, when you listen to the podcast. And in my head, it was like people like walking their dog and go to the gym. And that was part of it, but it was just car, 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 car. It was like way. <laughs> I just was not like, like, it's weird to think of our podcast coming through speakers in a car. I'm not sure why, but I, uh, I guess I've just never listened to it um, that way. But so it was just kind of, like a fun, it was like a, another reminder that I live in a in a complete bubble uh, here in New York, and uh, I got to uh, travel uh, where people live in cars. Yeah. <laughs> well, not not live in cars, but for people,
2: you, uh, yeah, commute in cars. You thought it was crazy that we even got tweeted at by Lightning McQueen from the Cars movie, saying <laughs> yeah, he was a was, listener.
1: That was great. Yeah, exactly. The the, the Pixar gang got it on it. You know that was <laughs> uh, so yeah. But thank you to everyone who responded. It was really it was really great. And um, so our game weeks. Game week ten, not quite in the books. It's in the books for for me. I don't know. Do you guys? Either you guys have a player left uh, to play tomorrow?
3: I'm I'm all out. How about you, Eric? Yeah. So I've still got Jimenez and Damari Gray to play tomorrow. So I'm on a pretty big. Well, I don't know what a big red arrow is at this point. I'm down to about twenty thousand uh, after starting the week at eight thousand. Um, yeah, so the, the hoping... red arrows
2: are relative, Eric. So, yeah. you know,
3: there's there's no humble brag there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm hoping to gain a little ground with those two guys. Uh, but you yeah, I think it's going to be a red arrow regardless of how it goes.
2: Yeah, it's been a it's been kind of a wishy washy week for me. The FPL site after Sunday's fixtures has me on a green arrow. Just up uh, 20K to 145K overall, but it looks like once the match is played on Monday and auto subs happen, I'll be on a small red arrow somewhere around 165, 170K. So given where I was after Saturday and really nothing going right, uh, my Lukaku to Vardy move two weeks ago has resulted in two points over two game weeks. That's been an absolute disaster, and my decision... On wild card to go for double Man City defense, it just hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, with Mendy and goal as my only Chelsea player, uh, Diaz to a Chelsea defender is a certainty going into game week 11, and that has really been frustrating for me over the last few weeks. We have Rafinha and Ben Rama stepped in to help cushion the blow this Sunday, so uh, looks like I'm 45 all out. But Josh, you take the ticker tape. Uh, you mentioned the Reese James brace and you've got Ronaldo up front. So give us the, give us the high points.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting because it it made me think about a lot of people have had, had transfers that have been sort of frustrating the last couple of weeks. Uh, Self included. I mean, my last three transfers uh, were Cancelo, uh, Tony and Trent this week. Um, and you know, those three transfers netted three total points, uh, you know, across those or no, I, I guess Tony has um, scored two his first game week. So it was three points uh, last game week between Tony and Cancelo and then one point from uh, from Trent this week. And so, you know, it's sort of, it was, but, you know, what's what's happened is all of these players that I brought in over the weeks before have finally started to come good, right? And, um, you know, I, I guess the biggest one being being Reese James, uh, who I had, um, you know, sort of held on to for a long time just because I couldn't, quite bring myself to let him go. And I didn't want to lose him for a hit. And, you know, there's always a chance he was going to play all of these great matches. And, you know, um, the, obviously the, the, you know, the dream scenario sort of happened the last two weeks, he had 13 points last week and, and 21, uh, this week, I mean, very rare 21 pointer from a defender. I mean, maybe like once every season you'll see something like that. Right. So, you know, um, Josh, it's it's just really good to see that you've put your clothes back on after streaking up and down the streets yeah. of New York all that, weekend in that celebration. That and Michigan State beating Michigan yesterday. I mean, that's just a one, two that's going to, you know, <laughs> I, I couldn't sleep last night. You know, it was. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, so so yeah, obviously he came through. And then Rudiger, another player that I that I low key brought in a couple weeks ago and, you know, and he had a, got an injured sort of immediately after I brought him in, but um, you know, nine points last week and six this week too. And so, you know, sort of large and small, a lot of these transfers um, have, have worked out. And then uh, Ronaldo who, I mean, it was, you know, this is actually what I was, you know, Ronaldo who people were kind of making fun of me for, for holding on to. But I mean, to me it was just, it was never the biggest priority. Like to me, like it was not like, I'm not going to drop Ronaldo. Show me these hands.
2: bullies who was making fun, Josh. These people, <laughs> oh, these people see, need oh, to go no, sit in the corner. This
1: is actually, this is a sign of, yeah. I mean, well, anyway, like, listen, like you don't want to see the darker reaches of our at replies, Brandon. It's, it's, not, <laughs> uh, it's not for the faint of heart, but you know, it's, uh, you know, I, it was just never really like the time to, to drop them. And now it's kind of interesting because um, I, I think I'm going to hold them for the next two weeks. Um, I, you know, I think at this point um, they play Watford in game week twelve, right? So, I mean, to me, it's like, do I would I go, you know, Ronaldo to Vardy right now? I mean, I, it, it just doesn't seem worth it to me, and so um, I think I'm just going to, I'm just going to hold him. And and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just kind of interesting. I mean, you know, Levermento is the only player that I kind of regret, where I just, I, you know, I guess I should have started him over SAR and that I think that's the um but you know only a four point difference there so no no big thing but yeah 68 points all told and um I've gone from 120k two weeks ago 60k last week and now I'm at 15k um so it's you know been a really nice jump over the last two weeks and um it, you know but but speaking of Libermento, I look at my team for for game week 12 and I am going five at the back. I've got a mm-hmm. five, two, three formation. Um, I'm not going to bench Lee Pimento again. I don't care. also like, who knows? Like, I mean, he could get an attack in return, right? I mean, they're, they're going to be without, um, is it Kansa, right? Kansa's yeah. out now because of the red card. And, um, so I think, you know, I mean, that's just kind of a, yeah, it's a tough match for, for Villa. And I don't really know what's going on with Ings either. Like there've been some rumors of muscle problems and some COVID stuff.
2: He was uh, not in the he was not in the Villa squad at all on Sunday. So, yeah, there are issues there. It's funny you say you're playing five at the back. Always cheating is like the most anti five at the (laughs) back um, content providers out there. But I'm looking at my bus team right now and I've got five at the back. So live on the pod, Mm -hmm. Eric, I need you to pull up your team (laughs) and uh, switch it up and go five at the back. What formation? Just out of curiosity. Don't tell me about the players, Eric. What's your formation going into game week 11?
3: Uh, I'm in a 4 right now. Okay. We're close uh, to five. We're close to five there, Josh. But yeah, I may, yeah. yeah, I may bench one of those guys for Livermento just to join the club. It's a Friday night game. I mean, I have to admit, like, if I'm
1: 50-50 and one of the players is playing on Friday night, like, that's usually, like, a a good incentive, right? Like, I'm just, like, yeah. Especially, um, there's, like, a little time. We we end Daylight Savings a little later than the UK. Mm -hmm. So, that match starts at 4. That's, like, as close to, like, a night game as you get uh, in the United States, a 4 o'clock match. So, um, all right, well... I think we should get into the the main feed of the pot here. I just wanted to quickly shout out the top ten in the OSG and Super League. I did I did pull it from our our friends at FPL Game Week just so I could get those auto subs in there. Obviously, there's still one match to go, but I'm just going to read them off real quick. Uh, in there's a three way tie for tenth: Sean McGarry, Dean Simmons, and Shardul Kulkarni. Uh in ninth is Rasim Rasim, Rasam, Rasim Uh in seventh is Stuart Dudley. In sixth is Andre Glushkov. In sixth is Avinash Jagtop. In fourth, Philip Bufuno. Fourth is Emil List. Third is Halid Musique. Uh Sharif Shoub is in second. And Daniel Mason Abraham is in first. Daniel Mason Abraham, by the way, Brandon and, and Eric uh, remains number one in the world. So Good congratulations uh, to yeah. Daniel.
2: He's got um, the forty-five cool. points, just like me, and he's been managed to hold his uh, his uh, number one ranking. So you yeah. know, for us, sort of that are middle of the road this week, it ain't all bad.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's what that's with auto subs too. So very, very impressive there. Um, and then, Brendan, do you want to just uh, say a quick thank you to our Patreon supporters?
2: Well, yeah, and I can start with Eric. Eric, who, um, you know, people listening might think he's a contest winner. He's not. He's just a good friend of ours. Bought his way into the pod. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But, but, yeah, Eric has been a longtime Patreon supporter of the pod. We appreciate you, Eric, and we appreciate everyone who contributes. And, by the way, everyone who just listens to the podcast, we consider you supporters of the pod. But if you want to say thanks for what Josh and I do every week and get more FPL content in return, Just pay us a visit at patreon.com slash alwayscheating and find out how you can get an extra ad-free podcast each week. Uh, Enter to win our Manager of the Month award, the Dean's List, and you get a custom brand-new Always Cheating t-shirt. If you are a member of the Dean's List, Josh, this is the last game week of our October Dean's List, so uh, more to come there on who's going to win. Also, we got our Slack chat where you can chat with me and Josh, and also Eric is, is on there, and lots of other cool stuff. Um, and a big thank you to our new Patreons this week, uh, Jonas Exbong, Matthias Ramstrad, Philippos F- uh, Lambas, Chris Cullen, Jack, Nick Stoling, Paul Gitas, Kartik Krishnash- Krishnamurthy, uh, I hope I, I gave that pronunciation some justice. Also, Royce and Kevin call Again, if you want to support the cheaters, visit us at patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we'll
1: get back. We'll talk about Game Week 11 with Eric Freeman and Brennan.
4: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: All right, back, I'm talking pep talks, points chasing, and making the leap in FPL with our guest, Eric Freeman. First question comes from FPL Tornado. And really a good, good good Twitter follow, by the way. If you don't follow him already, you should. It says, 37 points on wildcard. My pre-wildcard team would have scored 68 with one to play. That's brutal. Yeah. These six straight arrows, and honestly, I'm not sure I've made any illogical choices along the way. James to Trent, Ronaldo to Antonio, Rafinha to Sun, et cetera. I need the always cheating pep talk, honestly. Brandon, you know, do you have a pep talk? Do you have have some words of advice or wisdom? I
2: I do. You know, hindsight is really a a painful thing more often than not in FPL. And and the easy analogy to make in so many of these circumstances is, you know, when you go back to look at, you know, old friends or sexual partners on social media and you're (laughs) Your, your hope is that you find them doing worse than when you left them and that you're always doing better. And
1: (laughs) and, I thought you were going to go with this one at all. So, yeah.
2: (laughs) But, but, you know, I, I think, I think both in that situation and with your FPL team, you just have to have faith that you parted ways for a reason and in, it's going to take time. So with your, with your wildcard team, Think about all the knowledge that you now have, that you didn't have five game weeks ago, and you're putting that knowledge to use. And and it, wildcard teams in particular, I have found that they never work the first week that you roll them out. But flash forward to four weeks when you actually see all the plans unfurl, I believe... There is a good opportunity tornado that your wildcard team will actually come out ahead. Now, listen, you're already at a point where you're 31 points back from your pre wildcard team. So maybe it's going to take eight weeks or something like that for you to, to recover that ground and gain the advantage, but it can happen. So, um, and, and, and there's something that you and Eric were talking before we came back from the break, you were talking about how, why is Eric having such a great season and Josh bull who won a couple of seasons ago overall, he just had a really excellent start to the season. And when you have a really great start, it puts you in an, a real, a real advantage to each subsequent week, making a smarter, easier decision. So now if you played your wild card and you feel like it failed this week, even still, your wildcard team puts you in a situation where you've solved a number of other transfer problems that you wanted to have. Now, I believe the issues that Tornado has looking ahead to game week 11 are probably a little bit more straightforward. Um, So just think about how you've put yourself in a better position. Maybe you lost a few points in the process, but I do think you remain in a better position to move forward. Does that make sense, Eric? Do you follow
3: what I'm saying? Man, I'm still in awe of you just dropping some wisdom on us know, right now. I know. I mean, I'm looking forward to your for your uh, yeah. New York Times bestselling self-help <laughs> yeah, book, You know, got a, uh, don't got look a back in anger. Week's pod, like it's going to be beautiful when it comes out. I, <laughs> I'm, this, it, I'm already on the pre-order list on Amazon. Wow. So,
2: is this a wrong time for me to reveal that I'm actually recording this? episode of the podcast sitting on a toilet uh,
3: (laughs) with the towel over your head. And what's worse is we're actually watching over video right now. All true. Yeah. To answer your question. I mean, if, if I'm tornado and like, yeah, these, these are 50, 50 decisions that easily could have gone the other way. The, the answer, if you have not been making illogical decisions up to this point, the answer is not to start making illogical decisions. Just choose a path, kind of commit to it. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And you don't need to beat yourself up about that. I, I would advise, I think, one thing that I'm learning this season is I stuck with a very preseason templatey team that very quickly got deserted after a couple of weeks and now has become very differential. Like I, I go on live FPL and I'm in the moderately differential category. Um, and so, uh, what used to be template is now differential simply just because I stuck with it. And so whatever wildcard team you're on right now, tornado, uh, I mean, just stick with it. Uh, don't, don't desert all those really good players on your team because who knows in a week or two things could drastically shift and and you're rising up the ranks and the rest of us are falling.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, just one final thing here, which is that, um, I wildcarded in game week five and uh, two of the players that I brought into my wild card were Reece James and Ronaldo, who, up until this game week, were uh, players that were sort of dragging my rake down in many cases. Um, not because they're bad players, but just a mix of injuries and Ronaldo kicking um, the ball boy. Or I mean, not the ball boy, but kicking uh, whoever was whoever was on the ground that he was kicking a couple of weeks ago in the Liverpool match. Yeah, uh, just
2: just uh, he's he's kicking the world uh, kicking metaphorically the world. Yeah. when they when we're laying on the ground.
1: Yeah. Uh but you know, I mean, obviously it just just this week alone, um uh, those players have, have have helped me um claw claw it all back. Um so I think that's exactly what can happen on a, a good wild card. When I mean, you look at the players that he brought in right, I mean Sun, great. I mean, they have a great run of fixtures I've had. If you watch the highlights from that Spurs match, those are not shots that Sun is missing very often, right? Like that is yeah. there there is a version of that game where Sun has like two goals and an assist. Yep. Um, and so I don't think, you know, sometimes like you look at the results and you're like, "Oh, some blanks, he had a bad match. I mean, it's kind of like Rafinha. I mean, you know, I'm really relieved that Rafinha scored in that match because there was a long stretch of that match where there were 20 outfield players and one of them was good. And that was Rafinha. And it was just like, he was doing cool stuff by himself with like, like players were checking their runs. Like I, I there was a point where I saw him, he actually stopped Shackleton and was like, you got to run. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> when I play the ball, you have to keep running, and it was like fascinating. It was like he had—he was like a coach out there, like telling yeah. that, that, you know. Um, and so, you know, I think that um, you know. So, so again, if, if you bring in good players. The, the, yeah, just the, I mean, you just you put the odds in your favor. And yeah. so, you know, it probably is going to work out. And players like Son, I mean, Son is an explosive player. Yeah. So, I mean, there's every chance that he could just go off. I mean, they played Newcastle. They play Newcastle this week or next week. I mean, they play Newcastle soon anyway. And, you know, I think that he could uh, absolutely go off yeah. um, and, in that match.
2: And the other thing I would say about Sun, which I think is applicable to Ronaldo as, as well, is these are players who are on teams who are weak, um, a month if not weeks if not days away from new managers and I look at particularly at Spurs and it's just not working under Nuno and Sun and Kane maybe could be re-energized by new management at that club a new vision they yeah. clearly just aren't aren't uh having it with Nuno who's a little bit of um out of his death at at White Hart Lane. So Son feels like he could have a renaissance with some new tactics and a new manager very soon.
1: Yeah. And also they, they just played Newcastle uh, two weeks ago, but they, they have um, uh, Leeds and Norwich uh, in their next five. And so I think those are both Newcastle level fixtures. Um, That, that match, were you guys watching uh, Norwich leads at all? It was, uh, I
2: was, it was, um, Yeah. You know, this is something I'm really trying to knock out of my repertoire, Josh, the negativity. Um, but I feel like you're leading me to the stream. I did. I put you
1: in that position to be, well, the first half, anyway, the second (laughs) half was actually pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, The, 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 you know, the first half stunk. The second half was like, they were like, all right, let's just try to win. Like both teams were like, all right, let's just try to win this.
2: The Rafinha goal was really interesting. I mean, it was a great moment of quality. Daniel James's ball to Rafinha was great. Rafinha's first touch was immaculate. And then, I assumed the chance was gone for Rafinha if it was ever there because it seemed like there were at least six Norwich players and Tim Kroll between him and the goal. Two covering defenders behind Kroll. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. and he managed to squeeze it through. So, um, yeah, at at that moment, um, everything was good again. Everything that was bad became good again.
1: And then Omar Oma had a nice uh, header on a on a corner, and then Rodrigo, who had been terrible, suddenly scores this like beautiful goal, and it was like, all right, so so it was kind of it ended up being a again, Brendan. I guess this is why we want we you know we just have to wait for our moment sometimes. Exactly. These yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah it, Tornado yeah. is just in the first half of Norwich. Lee's. just wait till the second oh, half of your right. wildcard. My Very man. Very elegant the
1: way you have <laughs> threaded the needle there. All right. So yes, yeah, so yes, yeah, so your fantasy your your wildcard team is is the first half of Leeds Norwich. I like that. And you're, it's going to, it's going to get better. All right. Uh, next question. And sort of building on this theme, but getting a little more into um, looking ahead talking about players a little bit. Um, Oaks says uh, the FPL manager who's currently in first was 300 K at the beginning of the season. And Brandon, we know who that manager is. That is yeah. Daniel yeah. Mason Abraham. <laughs> um, he says, uh, how fluid are the rankings from here to the end of the season in your experience? I'm just wondering if those not in the top 100K can break it without going rogue every week in, team, in terms of team selection.
2: Oh, it's just it's intensely fluid right now, Oaks. And I feel like the overall rankings don't even get close to solidifying until January, February, because the, uh, the festive fixtures, which we'll obviously talk more and more about, uh, just like a true gauntlet for casual, uh, to use that derogatory term, for for managers who would just rather spend time with their families and celebrate the holidays than um, pay diligent day after day attention to their fantasy squads. So you'll see a lot of volatility in the ranks around that time. And I think this came up last week too, Josh, where we were talking about um, uh, is I, I lost – Twenty. somebody lost 20 points on a bad transfer, Um, how bad should they feel? And if we're looking even at game, somebody in game week 37 has one more game week to cover 20 points to win their mini league, can they do it? And the answer, even in game week 37, can you cover 20 points is 100%. You can. Now, at that point, at the end of the season, that's when we really need to start talking about being different. Um, if you want to have that edge at this point in the season, um, I think that's what, what was interesting to hear you talk about, Eric was how you're now moderately differential and doing pretty well, because oftentimes I associate this early to early middle part of the season with just being conservative, uh, steady as she goes until you kind of gain more knowledge and insight and can make, uh, just make savvier differential picks. So, from your point of view, Eric, uh, rank is pretty fluid, um, but it's so so are your decisions on on who you're going for week to week.
3: Yeah, well, where Oakes is sitting at his rank, if he's at three hundred thousand, I just looked it up. You're only twenty five points behind that one hundred thousand mark. Uh, that's really easy to make up. I mean, uh, Josh just climb that and more just this one week. Um, and if you're sitting at 1 million, you're 65 points away from that 100K mark. Uh, like that that sort of thing can be made up in double game weeks down the road and some blank game weeks and other uh, weird things that happen later in the season. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. Definitely just, you know, don't try to be, you know, don't be like, me, infamous me, in previous seasons, and try to do stupid <laughs> stuff all the time. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's a recipe for disaster, for sure. You know, if, if you want to be good at FPL, just do the the normal, logical things, for sure. Uh, yeah. Oaks, by the way, I was chatting with him on Slack earlier today. Uh, I guess he's from Canada, uh, Toronto area, and he and I are thinking about doing a. Uh, and always cheating meetup either in Toronto or Detroit at some point. Oh, oh cool. cool. So if y'all wow. are in the area and you want to know about that, just send me a message on exactly. Slack. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I, I'll actually go one step further. And I would say that the um, the idea that you um, are, you know, outside the top 100K or outside the top 10K or whatever, that you've got to go rogue. I mean, for one thing, um, there's like 30 weeks left uh, in the season. So it's, it's, you know, I mean, we've literally just like finished a quarter of the season. Uh, there's so much time left. And I think um, – I actually think that the best philosophy in general, I mean, unless your team is just, you know, just like full of injured players or something like that. I don't know, but I, I think the best strategy in general is just to approach your transfers like you are leading your mini league and you're just making the, the smartest move, right? And in, in, in general, the smartest move is to fix your weakest link. Look at your team, figure out where the, the biggest weakness is and fix it. Don't burn four points, just fix the weakest link that week. Next week, look at your team, fix the weakest link, and just keep doing that week after week after week. And that is the simplest and, I think, most effective way to to do well. And it's sort of like, Eric, you were talking about your team has become more different over time. It's because you have not been trying to chase the good players, right? It's just like, I mean, in some way, of course, you have many of them, but you haven't been you know, tempted by, by other options. And I think that that's... Um, you know, and, and, and again, it's, you know, it's, but you have to sort of, if you're not doing as well, you have to just pretend that you are, you just cannot, you know, think about yourself in relation to everyone around you. Cause you know, fantasy is like golf, you know, I've said this, said this before, but you know, it's like, you just, you play your own game and then you see what the scores are, you know, when, when, eight, when 72 rounds are over. Right. So, um, you know, I just think that that's, that's really what I would give advice to anybody, uh, even if they were doing really well to the season, which is just to look at your team each week, fix the biggest problem and move on.
2: Well said, Josh. I'll jump to the next question here that comes from Ben Gautier. He says, I can't seem to make any consistent upward progress and have had pretty disappointed, have had a, start this again. I can't seem to make any consistent upward progress and have had a pretty disappointing season so far. Who are a couple of differential players you're looking at coming out of the other side of the international break? Uh, So Eric, Going back to this this whole live FPL, putting them on the spot. has made? What are the players in your squad that you feel um, make up your differential quadrant?
3: Um, yeah, it's it, it's a, a weird one. You know, I think what Josh was building off of what Josh was just saying. Like there are some players that I've just stuck with that have really worked out. So Jota would be an example. I, I look at a guy like Jota who's really rotation prone um, and not highly owned as i'm not going to think about what he does week to week or the fact that he blocked a livermento first sub this week for me and left six points on the bench i'm going to think about what he does over two or three week stretches and he's got 12 points over the last two weeks i love a six point average player you know that's great i'm i'm fine with those guys uh also um you know rather th- rather than maybe thinking about um what individual players Are my differential? I think this season is an opportunity to think about, like, how do we load up on certain teams where uh, right now, because there are so many affordable players, we're, we're all on a lot of the good ones. There's not many two true differentials that are really scoring points right now. So think about Chelsea defense, for example. Most people have at least one, if not two Chelsea defenders. If you want to be differential, get a third. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's one way that you can get a leg yeah. up on the competition and actually climb over everybody else. And so, if you have Reese James, if you have uh, Antonio Rudiger, and then Ben Chilwell, I mean, man, that could really pay off if they keep getting the clean sheets and some attacking returns.
1: Yeah, it's crazy that Reese James is now the overall number one defender in fantasy. Like that turned around so fast. That's, yeah, I, I'm actually with you. I think that the Chelsea triple up is is, is valid. I mean, even looking ahead to their next. 5 Burnley Burnley Leicester Man United wadford West Ham I mean it's not as you know incredibly uh, extraordinary as as you know the last few weeks were but they were they were picking up clean sheets against the best teams even with that really difficult start to the season I mean I think having two Chelsea defenders feels like a bare minimum just because they're so cheap I mean they really are even still right I mean you can still get Ben Chilwell for under 6 million it's you know you can I think Rudiger is still available for under 6 million like they're all like I mean, you compare them to what you're getting from, you know, like any of the midfielders, right? Which is just like a totally mixed bag of of returns. I mean, I would, I would. I mean, that's why Brandon and I are both lined up with five players, right, at the back this weekend because it's just so, um, it's just so tempting. I mean, you know, if anything, I feel like Cancelo to a third Chelsea player is a slightly tempting option. I'm not actually going to do that, but I, I could, I could see the validity of that on like a wild card or something. And you know, I think um, there are some other. I mean, you know, just like to actually name a few specific players. I mean, I think. I think Ronaldo himself is uh, is a player that you could consider. Um, you know, I think that especially going into game week twelve, um, where they play uh, they play Watford, I think that he could really be, um, a, you know, really nice option for that match. And um, they have a really good run from game week fourteen or fifteen forward. So there's a chance where you could kind of you know, I, I, yeah, I guess game week 14 they play Arsenal at home, and that's sort of, they're, they're done playing Man United, they're done playing uh, Liverpool, Man City, and Chelsea, kind of the first half of the season, so, you know, it's maybe time to to reinvest there, and I mean, we'll see if this Ole thing lasts, but I mean, Ronaldo is going to score goals, and when they're playing bad teams, he's going to score even more goals, and so I think that he's, um, just having him in your team is going to be a little bit of differential. Um, I think that, I mean, we talked about Sun earlier, I mean, just another high upside player, under 20% owned in the game, so I think that He's somebody who's still, you know, really viable. I, It I feels like he's sort of manager proof uh, and he's not in the situation that Kane's in right now or Kane's just, I guess he's just going to sulk all year because I, I mean, look, okay, I shouldn't say sulk, but like, it's just like, clearly his head is not in the right space. And I, you know, I think that that's just unfortunately maybe the way it's going to be for him this season. And, you know, and then maybe there's like a little bit of a hangover too from making the finals of year. I wouldn't be surprised if that was, Uh, factor as well. I mean, people have said that about McGuire and and Luke Shaw too. Um, You know, I think that uh, Smith Rowe is still super cheap. And, you know, if you want to be, you know, if you want to be bold, I think that Aubameyang is an option you could consider. He's only 5% owned in the game and they're about to play Watford and Newcastle in two of the next three. So, um, you know, another high upside option. And, you know, I think that, I don't know. I mean, that, that could be, you know, if you want like Vardy to Aubameyang, wouldn't, I mean, I guess Vardy plays Bleeds this week but like maybe like in the game week 12 or something like that you can consider it
2: yeah i i think the interesting question that at this moment in the season is how much is really in it with differential players if i look at just the first page of the fpl stats page the leading player by a great distance is Mo Salah with 112 points antonio is second with 59 the rest of the players on this page, the bottom, uh, is is Ruben Diaz with forty three points. So from fifty nine to forty three, that's you know not many points to differentiate. You know the second best FPL asset from the twenty fifth best FPL asset, or I guess should should say the twentieth. Um, and my point there would be. You know, you're really only doing it right if you have the exact right player every single game week. And you can't do that because you only have one free transfer. So on balance, I think a lot of these players are sort of panning out in a frustrating way where there aren't any standout differential options just on the whole. I feel like I need a little bit more time. I mean, patience can sometimes can sometimes kill you. But I just thought that was something I took away from looking at the points leaders and Is There's really not much separating any of them at the moment.
1: I mean, so, Brendan, you've got two free transfers uh, this weekend, or, you know, going, going into game week 11. I assume you're going to use both of them. I and mean, what are you thinking about doing right now with those two frees?
2: Ruben Diaz is out for a Chelsea defender. I'm just, I want to see what happens Throughout yeah, the Stearns. course of this week, yeah, e- exactly. Um, but that that will give me Mendy and, and Rudiger. F- right now, I feel like I might roll again because I feel like if you're talking about what are the weakest points in my team right now, well, my Man City defensive double-up has been um, the weakest link in my team for the last couple of weeks. So that's what I want to fix. The last two weeks, the other weak link has been Jamie Vardy. It doesn't feel, just given variance uh, being what it is, this does not feel like the week to get rid of Jamie Vardy, even though he has been very anonymous the last couple of weeks. You know, even though they're away, a match against that Leeds defense feels feels like um, a life preserver being thrown to Vardy owners. So then I'm left with my midfield and I have to consider between Benrama, Rafinha, and Saka, are there any true upgrades? I feel like I'm eyeing up Ronaldo for game week 12 or game week 13, and that's a double move to get the cash. So I, I may bide my time, and you know that that feels might feel conservative to some, but that's my current thinking.
1: No short-term pawn on Aubameyang, you know, just. Uh... Get in there, get in, get in while the getting's good. Well, no, I'm not going to drop
2: Vardy for Aubameyang. Um Right, I guess. Yeah. Uh, right, because you're turning Vardy, turn Vardy into Ronaldo. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah, I, yeah. I think we're going to talk about Ivan Tony in a little bit, so I don't want to um, waste any uh, breath on him at this moment. But um, well, the uh, the other two strikers I have are Antonio and Tony, and yeah, I just don't really know what to do with these guys at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean that. That gets us. Let's get right into it then, because uh, Michael asks, uh, "What is with everyone's obsession with Ivan Tony?" I mean, Brendan, he's been your boy for the long, for the longest time. So, what do you? Yeah, you
2: know, I'll let you start things off here. He's he's had plenty of time. Uh, my any any affection I had for Ivan Tony is gone. Um, <laughs> it's used up. <laughs> I'm I'm done with it. I mean, this guy, I it. Clearly, I mean, he he's a good player. Like pretty much any player in the Premier League is is certainly better than Eric. I know yeah, that you're, much. you're
1: about to do an Obama here, right? Look, look, here's the <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. <laughs>
2: here's the here's the thing about having Tony. That um, was a terrible <laughs> Obama. Um, but the, the here here's it wasn't the, bad. Surprisingly, <laughs> <laughs> the 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 problem we have right now with Tony is there are no obvious players to go to, you know, Huang yeah. Hee Chun has got some momentum, you know, uh, Armstrong, uh, Adam Armstrong is back in our thoughts, but there are no, there are actually no standout options. Hmm. There are moderate, moderate punts that are there to be taken. So I just have not felt like there is a clear path away from Tony. Tell me otherwise, Eric. Um,
3: I think, well, you have two free transfers? Yeah. Yeah. Do something about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just, okay, okay, let so me stop Norwich right Norwich at home. Okay? Yeah, I, so yeah. That, that makes it trickier. For sure. <laughs> I didn't state the obvious right there. Now, Rafinha could arguably have been, and the first half of Leeds-Norwich proved this point, been a weak link going into game week 10, but the fixture was the fixture, and it just can't be overstated how bad... Norwich are and how Brentford's powers are at their peak when they are playing at home. So Tony at home against Norwich, he goes from, wow, this guy's done. I'm over with him To He actually has the vice captaincy in my bus team right now. So I'm talking out of two sides of my mouth. I admit that. Um, But yeah, you're, you're right, Eric. And I think that's kind of why, I'm going to roll my extra yep. free transfer because a couple of these guys, Vardy and Tony, they, they just they, these fixtures are good enough to where I don't feel like there are obvious replacements that have better
3: odds. Right. Yeah, and, and at his price point, I mean, you have to have – maybe just we need to put the preseason hype out of our mind and what he did last year out of our mind. At his price point, he's not expected to do much better than what he's actually doing he's averaging somewhere just below 4 points a game right now. I mean, for a 6 point whatever forward, like that's fine. I mean, uh you're you're really at that point just hoping that it goes better than it should. And when you look at these next fixtures, I mean Norwich, Newcastle, Everton, I mean, I'd if I owned him, better. I'd keep yeah. him for all 3 of those just on the hopes that it would work out and if not then he's out of my team and I try to f- restructure it to to get somebody better um probably more expensive in. Yeah. I mean
1: I agree with both of you guys. I mean the only thing I'll just to specifically answer Michael's question. I mean the what's up with him is that he does like everything on the pitch. I mean it's like, you know, he's like I mean, you know, he's like a stat god. I mean it's like, you know, his his numbers are not reflected in, in fantasy returns, but it's like he creates chances he has chances himself I think he's actually been been quite unlucky so far this season and he's just you know he's he's just a phenomenal he's just a very good player and Brentford have a pretty now obviously they're like a little bit of like a downturn at the exact moment but in general that you know Brentford have been fantastic so far this season and he has been at the heart of kind of all the creative stuff that they do so it's you know it's a little bit like Antonio today right where if you didn't watch the match you'd be like oh like Antonio blank like Maybe I got to get him out, and then you know if you watch the match, I mean Antonio was, you know, I mean okay, like I would have liked him to have more shots in that match, but he he basically could have had two assists today, right? Like if things just break a little bit differently on on both the final two goals that were scored, I mean if Jared Bowen finishes the first first one, it's a goal, and if um uh, was it Lanzini uh, decided not to be super unselfish and pass, you know, mm-hmm. um, right at the end there, uh, that would have been a second assist for Antonio. So um, and I think that's where that's where we are with right now with Ivan Tony, which is that he is a player who is a great fantasy player we, I mean, we think, right. I mean, you know, um, and it just hasn't really happened yet. I mean, sometimes there's these players and it just doesn't seem to work out. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I hate to go back to do tadic because it feels like such a <laughs> o- o- old timey <laughs> reference at this point, but like, he was like the classic example of this where it was like, he just looked like he should have been an awesome fantasy player and it just didn't quite happen. And I mean, I think you can make an argument that, you know, Brentford are just uh, the way that they're set up. It's like, they're just, they don't really kind of, you know, like anyone can s- seemingly score or assist on that team in a given match. It seems like, I don't know about you guys, but it's a little bit like Watford a few years ago where like every time there's a goal scored, I'm like, I don't even know who that, I've never heard yeah. of that player, yeah. you know, until he <laughs> scored right now. Like the guy who scored like a scissor kick in the Brett was like, who is that guy? I've never heard his name before, you know? And it was just like a weird, like, so that might be the argument against it was very similar to Watford actually, which is that, you know, a few years ago, Watford, you know, we're a team that could like, kind of consistently score goals, but you, you didn't really know who to trust or who to have in that team. And I wonder if maybe Tony has fallen into that habit of just, or into that problem of like just, you know, um, uh, there's just too many different kind of scoring options. That team is a little too fluid in, in terms of their attack. But uh, the short answer is just that they played Norwich and Newcastle in their next two. So you just kind yeah. of. well,
3: Well, and, and he looks really cool. He like look cool. he, he <laughs> yeah. looks like a guy that look, I wish right. I could look like. And yeah. it's, if a guy's not going to be good for your fantasy team, at least he looks awesome in it. Uh, next
1: question. That joke, I We kind of answered this one already,
3: but he uh, said is, uh, Brent, I'll,
1: I'll leave this. I'll give this to any, I'll give this one to you as a lightning round mm-hmm. style okay. question. Um, is switching to Chelsea's defense now a smart move or is it points chasing?
2: Oh, come on, Joe, you know better than that. It's, it. it is a smart move. Um, it's just, it's, to me it, it 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 is so clearly the smart move and eric i mean you you kind of took my breath away uh, when you said the diff, true differential is just trip triple chelsea defense because yeah. it it just feels like yeah obviously man mm-hmm. um yeah. and to think that you've missed out on chelsea points i think you're focusing on chasing last week's chilwell or reece james goal the fact is while they're getting all of these goals, the fullbacks at least, they're also bringing in the clean sheets. And there are plenty more where those came from. So uh, yeah. I, I would focus on, I think, the beauty of of doubling up, if not tripling up, on Chelsea defense is you can really moderate your, uh,
3: your, your risk with them. So the more, the better, is my feeling. This has happened yeah. before, too, and that's the reassuring thing. Back in the Antonio Conte era, I, I can't remember which three – it was maybe Cahill, uh, was it Victor Moses, one of them? And then mm-hmm. Marcus Alonso or Azpilicueta, one of those, a combination of those three finished as the top three defenders that season. And like the recipe's there for that to happen again. Mm-hmm. We're seeing the exact same things. I mean, it's a different defensive formation right now, but like we're seeing a lot of those, uh, the same recipe happen right now for for that to repeat itself. And so... It's not like we're betting on something that's um, that we've never seen before. Uh, it's it's all there. So yeah, I think it's definitely worth yeah. getting as many Chelsea defenders as you can uh, as you can go for.
1: I mean, Newcastle have been capable of scoring some goals so far this season, and they didn't have like the highlights for that. I mean, I watched the whole match, but the you know, like I was watching the, this like kind of Saturday recap later, and it was like they were showing all the highlights from the match and, like Newcastle's best chance was a cross in the second minute to nobody. Like that was them. Like the cross to nobody was the best chance they had in ninety minutes plus extra time. Like that. Like this. This defense can. Like it's crazy because they're mixing and matching like eight different defenders, and they're still just. I mean, part of it is, of course, that you know Conte and and, and now it's you know Jorginho in for Brandon. What did we we cursed Kovacic. It was crazy. Like we went yeah. on a five minute. Yeah. We love Kovacic. He's awesome. Like you should really consider him. Um, Boom! Right at the end of Tuchel's press conference. Oh, by the way, Kovacic is out for several <laughs> weeks. So we hope to see him. And, yeah, and him yeah,
2: there, right. we want so. Thomas Tuchel's uh, photograph of where he was when he listened to uh, last week's <laughs> episode of Always Cheating, and he decided to uh, take, take <laughs> Kovacic out.
1: Yeah, um, I think the only um, the only issue with Chelsea is there is a kind of mental thing where you just have to like not like lose your mind when uh, one of their players like one of the one of the players on your team doesn't start that week or, or you know doesn't just doesn't play a minute i mean that that's that's just going to happen with mm-hmm. them and even you know i mean Ritterger is probably the safest but um but it's it's still it's still really risky i mean i you know i mean reese james i mean this week if he if he got benched this weekend um which a lot of people were predicting then i i really would have had a hard decision on my hands about whether to keep him or not you know mm-hmm. and um And so I think it's, it's, it's just a very tricky, um, very, very tricky thing. I, you know, if I were to pick any, I mean, I I get the, why you're opting for Rudiger, Brandon, or, you know, if you, if you do end up opting for him, but um, I do think that Ben Chilwell is the player that I'd opt for, even over Bruce James, I would Mm -hmm. opt for for Chilwell. Um, I think uh, he certainly could have had attacking returns in that Newcastle match too.
2: Oh yeah, I agree. Chilwell is, is the guy. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll jump to the next question for us here and it's from FPL blues who asks, can we please discuss Spurs in particular son and Kane Spurs look terrible, but they have great fixtures coming up. And and the Newcastle fixture earlier this month showed us that they can score FPL points versus weaker opposition. So this is the great form over fixture debate." uh, with Spurs, with a team that we we already know what these these guys are capable of, but they look so far off the pace. They have coming up in in game week 11, they've got Everton followed by, sorry, they've got, am I reading that right? Yeah, okay, sorry. They've got Everton followed by Leeds, followed by Burnley, Brentford, and then Norwich. It's a pretty good run. So, Eric, what are Spurs going to have to do in the next week or two to prove to you that maybe you want to bring in Sun or Kane uh, ahead of these good fixtures?
3: I get a new manager? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think one of the things that we typically see, so as of right now, I guess Nuno's not officially out is the best that we can make of it. Um, that could change by the time that people are listening to this pod, I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we've seen this before with teams when the manager is about to get fired that the team coincidentally mm-hmm. starts underperforming um you know to, to encourage that process to happen a little faster i could see um spurs not doing well until they get a new manager in um and uh, not just a temporary manager i don't know i just i i wouldn't touch this team uh, and <laughs> no matter how good kane and son are like there are other good players at those price points that also have good fixtures, maybe not quite as good of a run, but play for better teams that I'd rather spend that sort of money on. Um, until uh, we get a new permanent manager in at, at Tottenham, untouchable, Josh.
1: I mean, if they were cheaper, maybe like there's like no good way in, right? It's like so. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want Kane over Ronaldo, um, and I don't want to rearrange my team to get Sun. Um, so, you know, it feels like that kind of, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get any week. I mean, of course they could score against leads. And I mean, sun is the one I find a little more appealing because you, it, it's not impossible to imagine getting to that price, but I'm just in a mode right now where I want all of my money going into my defense. <laughs> um, it just feels like that's where, um, you know, and the fixtures will, will probably change that inevitably, but, um, at the moment, I still feel really good about going four or five at the back. And I, I think that, um, I mean, Liebermento has just making things so interesting, you know, for me. And I feel like um, just his kind of push to be like an every week starter is, is we finally found it, Brandon. We remember <laughs> we were talking, all, we, were, we were waiting for like the really cheap starter to emerge. And it finally happened over the last three weeks. Yeah. Congratulations. You are this season's Stuart Dallas. We were, we were waiting for somebody like you to come along. And uh, thank you. Thank you for, for being you. Thanks, Tino. Yep. All right. Final question here is from Rashi, and I guess this one's for me. He says you stuck with Ronaldo until now, so would you keep ahead, would you keep ahead of tough fixtures, or still downgrade to reinvest in the midfield? i.e. get Foden instead of Sar. It's actually interesting. He says that because um, that is a move I was sort of considering um, was was to go uh, Ronaldo to Vardy. And then Foden to Saar, um, or, or I mean, Saar to Foden. Um, at the moment, my feeling is is, is I'm, I'm kind of back. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, l- 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 Listen, like you player scores a goal and assists in the system three bonus points, and suddenly like your your opinion on them can change very quickly. But I mean, the problems are still there with with Mania, clearly. And it, it was no shocker that they had a kind of a bounce back
2: like rally to save our manager.
1: Performance. I mean, the that way, match
2: was basically a car wash slash bake sale for Oli. Uh, it, ca- it
1: really was. Yeah, I mean, like and like, I I can't imagine that that Cavani Ronaldo strike partnership is going to persist, right? Like that. That's. I feel like there's a lot of teams out there that just carved that up, including the team they play uh, this coming weekend uh, in in Man City. So, but the thing is, Ronaldo can just score goals, and he can score goals even when they lose their matches. So, I think. At the moment, my feeling is I write out the Man United fixture. At least least Man United are at home, which I guess softens the blow a little bit. Uh, And then I I save them for game week 12 where they play Watford. Uh, And then I decide what I want to do before game week 13 where they play away to chelsea and what I think I would consider doing is actually benching ronaldo for that mm-hmm. chelsea match Okay, uh, which seems insane like but if you look if you if you just keep the price aside I think benching anybody who plays chelsea when the chelsea are at home is okay. probably a viable uh, Decision to make. I mean, we, we just we've been big upping their defense, you know the entire time So if you just think of him as like a 7.9 million forward, then it doesn't seem like, you know, quite so insane um. So that's that's kind of where I am. I mean, Brandon, you're talking about bringing him back in. Like, do you have any like what you know? Was it is it just that like, you know, you just you just brought him out for the tough run, and now it's kind of straight back in?
2: I think so, and I think Lukaku changes that whole discussion, and Lukaku makes Ronaldo again like appealing in an interesting way, and it's it's a little bit like. What we were saying with Ivan Tony, where it is the lack of other options uh, that, that are proving it a little easier to make do with somebody like Tony, or make do as hilarious as that is to say with somebody like Ronaldo. And I agree with you, Josh, that Ronaldo, while it doesn't quite feel that way, has really offered the stablest, most consistent forward option in FPL, the player who you feel is most likely to score in any given match. Lukaku hasn't come close, even though Vardy actually has been the striker to prove that he can score in any match, still doesn't leave you with that sensation. So this is what brings me uh, back to Ronaldo. That's my logic for sure.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like, I think like part of the issue here too, and Eric, you know, feel free to chime in if you have anything. Um, yeah, you that know, if your opinion differs from us on this but I mean my feeling it's just like it's a reminder that like there are there are fantasy, like there's fantasy and there's reality, right? And in reality, Ronaldo is probably an anchor that's like bringing this Man United team uh to the to the bottom of the sea or whatever. Uh but from fantasy perspective, he's a great finisher, <laughs> you know, like instinctive goal scorer, like it's just a player you want in your fantasy team uh a lot of the time because he just scores goals. It's like what he's done his entire career. And there's no reason to think he's gonna stop anytime soon.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I think I will disagree a little bit here. Um, I'm I'm not really interested in him. Uh, at least not unless if there's a a manager change at United and and they do something different with him. A lot of that just has to do with the price point and uh, and how he's being used. And um, uh, yeah, I, I'm just he's not reliable enough for me to captain him yeah. and and so i don't want to spend that sort of money uh, you know honestly if i'm gonna have another guy in that price range who i'm not gonna captain right now i think i'd rather get sagio mane um he's mm. looked fantastic i know liverpool had a disastrous second half but his first half was incredible and he looked great in previous weeks too um he's one of the few players right now that's on pace for a 200 plus point season and so um yeah. I mean, just another example of like, there's other ways to spend that sort of cash right now that yeah. are a little more consistent, a little more reliable. Mane um, is underrated, by the way. <laughs> like yeah. we,
2: he He's like the the best player that we've barely talked about on this podcast. You Absolutely. Say, oh, yeah. And differentially speaking, I think Mane's ownership is what, like 3.9%? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which, crazy. you know, that is, uh, yeah, 3.9%. That is going to be a blast for you when he returns and, you, right. and you've and you got him. Don't devout. do it though, Eric. Don't
1: well, fall. It, Don't here's
3: fall the thing. The, yeah. Here's the thing. This yeah. is the perfect season to make moves like that because you're going to, at least right now, you're going to captain Salah almost every week. Like right. if you want to find differentials, you need to go for the pl- – Uh, you need to find the ones that you're not going to captain, right? You're going to captain Salah every week, just like everybody else. And so it's okay this season, maybe it wasn't in previous seasons, but it's okay to have Salah and Mane in your team um, because that's where you're going to find some differential points. And and so, yeah, all right, I'm doing it. I'm going to figure out how to make make it happen. Mane's going to my team as soon as possible. Yeah, so I I think you're right to bring up, Money, I think that he's definitely uh, somebody that we
1: have not been thinking about. And I think, and again, it goes back to that, if you're, if you're investing, you know, if you're starting four, five 5.5 to 6 million defenders and a 4 million defender in, um, you know, in Liebermento, a lot of the time, you should have the extra money for some like really expensive flyer, like somebody like. Like, you don't need as much balance across your team if you're, if, you're, if you're setting up that way a lot of the time. And so I think that um, you can take a flyer on a Mane or a Ronaldo, and, and, and you, don't, you don't need to worry about captaining them. So, all right. Well, thanks, thanks gentlemen. Good discussion. Well, let's take a quick break, and we'll talk about game week 11.
0: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?
1: Right, Game week eleven reminder it kicks off on Friday. We've got Southampton Aston Villa, which a reasonably interesting match. I mean, Villa are on the ropes and Southampton are playing well, and I, I'm curious what the result is there. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't want. Usually, when we talk about captain picks here. I, I feel like we're all firmly in the Sala until otherwise camp. Yes. Yeah. I yep. agree there.
2: Well, yeah, the fact that my vice captaincy is on Ivan Tony right now kind of tells you everything that you need <laughs> to know like that. You know, Eric, we're all for Maverick punts, but that just feels like a bridge too far. Um, I am in the mode right now of just kind of like stabilizing rank and hoping like fingers crossed that I get some sort of rub of the green like Josh's with Reese James. Um, and I don't see that happening from a captaincy pick in this week. So yeah. Speaking
1: I, of, I, speaking of James though, I mean, you know, uh, Chelsea play Burnley at home. Uh, if James was fully rested for the, they, they play away on Tuesday, if he was fully rested for that Chelsea match, you could, I think you could at least consider camping mm-hmm. him at home to Brentford or Burnley, excuse me.
3: Yeah. Him, him and Chilwell were the only two that really kind of jump to to my mind as potential competitors but at the same time if you get something from them I I mean we we talk about them like they're really highly owned and and they're still not uh, I mean looking at Chilwell he's 17.5 like that's not ridiculous right now and so if you're not captaining him and you still get those points like that's still some differential there yeah.
2: And for the for those Champions League midweeks fixtures, just for the benefit of the listeners, Chelsea do play away against Malmo. Not the toughest opposition, but it is away, and they do play on Tuesday. Tuesday is advantageous because they get an extra day's rest as you're heading into the weekend. Manchester United also play Tuesday, and they're away to Atalanta, a very attacking squad. And then um, the other two uh, Premier League teams, Liverpool, have a tough match hosting Atletico Madrid. Home at Anfield on Wednesday, and Man City also home hosting Club Brugge. Brugge, Bruges, Bruges Club, Bruges, Brugge. You know, potato, potato. <laughs> I'm not Belgian.
1: <laughs> All right. So, what, um, Brenny, You talked about your transfers a little bit. My my plan right now is to hold
3: my transfer. Uh, Eric, what are you thinking about for for game week eleven? Well, yeah, based on our Sadio Mane conversation earlier, I think I'm just going to roll my transfer this week so that I can save up to get him in as soon as possible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think, um, yeah, I mean, looking ahead to Liverpool's upcoming run, they play away to West Ham, and then it's Arsenal, Southampton, Everton, Wolves. So, you know, it's like a it's a good run. Like, it's fine. But, like, Liverpool are playing so well right now that it doesn't feel like it really matters. Who? I mean, as long as they weren't playing, like, you know, Chelsea and Man City back-to-back or something like that. It feels like you're pretty safe going with kind of any of their, any of their options. Um, yeah, a little tempting to consider Reese James as the captain, but I think, um, I mean, just, just last season, uh, Salah had a brace uh, way to West Ham, and West Ham were, were playing pretty well at that point. So I think uh, it's it's hard to go against him right now. I mean, just, you know, I try not to let effective ownership, you know, just this you know effective ownership for anybody who's know is basically um, – you know, like within your kind of rank band, how many people own that player and then how many captain them. So, you know, if, uh, if he's owned by 87% of the players in your um, in your bracket and he's captained by 90% of them, then his effective ownership is, you know, whatever, whatever, 170% or something like that. So, you know, he steps on the pitch and you are losing rank points. And so um, as long as it's that kind of insanely high, it feels kind of needlessly risky to me to not go with him, especially when you consider how great his form is. You know, it's not like uh, going going with him as some, like, uh, simpleton, like, you know, dullard pick. He's just, he's playing great. He's amazing. He's the best player in the world right now. And so I think that it's uh, totally, you know, viable just to keep going with him until until otherwise. Um, so, yeah, I mean, any other things you guys want to say about about Game Week 11? Any, any matches stand out to you, Brandon, that you're kind of excited about or think about fantasy-wise?
2: Oh, yeah. I look forward to this question every week. Which is the match you most want to watch? And I do think... <laughs> Uh, it is West Ham Liverpool. West Ham playing as well as they are. That's going to be such a great match. I mean, obviously, the week kicks off with the Manchester Derby. This is a this is a replay of the last match. Well, the second to last match we saw in the UK, Josh is is City at Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, narrative is strong in that one. And you know, the the best team in England right now is Chelsea and home Burnley. I just we can already predict what the result of that match is going to be. So, yeah, I'm really curious to see how how West Ham are able to combat the Liverpool attack. What about you, Eric? Any matches here jumping out to you?
3: I, I mean, the United City match, just as a pure watch type of match, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's going to be fun to watch and just see. Uh, both don't feel great. And right now, I mean, some question marks around there and to see who's going to shoot themselves in the foot first. <laughs> um, but uh, in terms of fantasy... I don't know. I'm kind of bracing myself for another red arrow. Uh, This feels more like, you know, you're hoping for your defenders to really get all your points. I'm not super confident about my forwards and midfielders or really any of them. I think it could be a pretty crazy game week one way or another. And, and usually when it's crazy, (laughs) at least in my experience, it's, it's not a good type of crazy.
2: Yeah. And I, I think that because like Josh and I have already committed to five at the back, you're on four at the moment, Eric, lots of defenders Arsenal attack home against Watford, who just aren't aren't that great at the moment. Could be like I'm, even though Emile Smith Rowe is eating Saka's lunch. Uh, you know, this is kind of like the last game week in which I'll feel excited to to start Saka. So I hope that he and all the other Arsenal attackers do something in this game week.
1: All right. Well, that is your pod, Eric. Thank you so much for joining. This is like uh, we really have made you into a semi by our standards, which is like one guest every two months, semi-regular uh, <laughs> guest on the pod. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Absolutely. Eric.
3: And I'm definitely going to take 1% of the credit for your 300 episodes. Yeah, you should, <laughs> as well you should. Yeah, I mean, you were the only people who sent us, a, you sent us a photo, right? I
1: think it was from this very office that you're recording in, correct? Yep. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, and uh, all right, well, good luck to everybody this weekend. And one final reminder, because it always sneaks up on people that the the – the there's a match on Friday and the deadline is 90 minutes before kickoff. So make sure to get that, um, that any, if you want to make any transfers and set your bus team and all that stuff well in advance, um, once again, if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. And, uh, Brendan, I'll, I'll take a load off you here. And I'll, I'll do a quick thank, thank you to our okay. producer patrons this week. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Mike DiPietro. Uh, thank you to Trevor Ingerson. Extra special thanks to Trevor because he gave us the idea for taking those photos anywhere you are. Uh, thank you to Chris Howell, Ben Grant, James Holland, Dave Wagner-Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Faubourg-Skogang, Paul Herzig, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lanzi Rostel, Anton Markoff, at FPL Merch, Andy Penn, M- Martin Savage, Brian T., Carrie Swanson. Kerry Swanson, keep that great. Fantasy run going, by the way. You're doing great. Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Yuan, Bruce Kerr, Sam Shower, Rich Evans, Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shiv Majoria, Rom Frosk, AJ, The Big Gaffer, Bobas Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Jeremy Spiker, Lazarus You Know Us, Jesse Halstead, Matthew Becker, Caleb Robbie, Todd Byerly, Albert Paxoy, Martin Opseth, Lee Hickman, Valger, Paulson, Kruger, Jazz Benny, Francis Moore, Managed by Lasso, and Ted Keatley. I saw a lot of Ted Lasso's this weekend, Brandon. Ted Lasso has yeah. officially broken into the mainstream, and uh, you know I'm here for it. I don't. I don't care. Sorry, haters. Like did, I, you know, I'm still I'm still pulling for that show.
2: Any Roy Kents? Did you see any Roy Kents? I didn't out there? see
1: any Roy Kents out there, sadly, or Achilles for that matter. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I might not have been looking. Hard. maybe that's more of like an after midnight or you know late night. So I, I <laughs> yeah. you know, when, when you've got a kid, you're basically uh, seven p.m. is like uh, like your hard stop for being outside. Yeah, Keely is definitely
2: in. The the same aisle of the costume shop is like sexy nurse or, or something like that okay so uh yeah and, and the last bit of housekeeping rate review subscribe to always cheating on apple podcast spotify google wherever you get your podcast follow us on social media we're on twitter at Hell cheaters email Hail cheaters at gmail.com visit our website always cheating.com and uh i'll i'll just thank you once again eric good luck in game week 11
3: thanks guys great to be here
2: Josh and Brandon on 300 episodes of Always Cheating.
3: Hoku forever.